Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Vegan Champion Podcast. On today's episode, we have the plant trainers. That's Adam Chame and his wife, Shoshana Chame. They've got an amazing story to share with you guys today. I think you're going to find this uh, pretty incredible. So stick around to hear what they've been through and just the amazing effects that a plant-based diet has had on, uh, on their health. I think it's a great one. You guys are going to enjoy it. Please, before we get started, remember that it's really, really helpful to the show. If you can share this, if you like any of these episodes, give it a share on your famous, your favorite social media platform and please tag the Vegan Champion Podcast on all the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, you know, you know the deal, wherever you're at. So we really appreciate that. Hope you guys are enjoying the show and hope you guys really enjoy this episode. The Plant Trainers, how are you guys doing this morning? We're great. Thanks for having us here, Jason. Yeah, thanks. We're grateful. I'm just going to uh, make sure that we've got the gallery view. There we go. Better, better video for those who are watching. If you guys want to watch, watch on YouTube or Facebook or maybe on TikTok, which is how we met. We met through TikTok, right? We did, yes. So you guys uh, are I came on across, Yeah, we're on TikTok at Plant Trainers and I came across your page and just was super interested in what you were doing and watching you and trying to learn some techniques and it was a lot of fun so uh we're brand new there but getting going yeah we, we were just talking him. about it's all that. him <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that before we started recording here um and it's it's something that you know we we can we can talk about it later in the conversation i'd love to get you know talking about vegan activism or advocacy what you guys are doing to spread the message on social media but first, of course, for people who may not know you, you do have a podcast, so there could be a lot of people who do know you, uh, the Plant Trainers podcast. Um, I'd love to just get your, you guys have a, have a story that you've gone through some, some health struggles, uh, specifically, um, well, I guess Adam uh, would be sort of the, uh, the main character in terms of struggling through some stuff. Um, but I, I really wanna just kinda, let's start from there. Let's, let's, let's hear that story. What have you guys gone through it's, it's amazing. I mean, I just had, I don't know if you, if you heard the episode I did with Andre Venus. He's also on TikTok. Um, he's also got a, quite a story um, of just, yeah, overcoming a health challenge uh, with a plant-based diet. And um, yeah, I would really love to hear what, what happened to you, Adam. Could you maybe just let, let everyone know what is, what is it that you've gone through? It's pretty significant. And I got to say, just reading through our, uh, your website and, and just kind of hearing it, like I just, I don't know, I, I always feel so much, like it, it, I feel your pain. Like I know I don't feel your pain because I'm not you, but like reading it and hearing your story, I do really, it's like, man, what, a, what, a, what an amazing thing to, to be able to share with people. So I want to just give you the floor and in your own words, tell us what, what you've been through. Yeah, so thank you. It's uh, it's been a an interesting journey that uh, started off, I would say, about ten years ago, and it was just me sitting on the couch watching a game on TV, and I felt this pain running through the left side of my chest and into my shoulder and arm. And I've always been an active, healthy guy, or at least I thought I was, and I always ate well. I was a health and physical education teacher and a personal trainer at the time, and I played a lot of team sports. So it was really weird that I felt this kind of pain. I was only 35 years old, and I would not expect that kind of thing because that's a sign of a heart attack. And 
at that age, my condition, my family history, none of that really made sense. So I went to the hospital to get checked out and uh, they told me everything was fine. They sent me home. And a couple of weeks later, I got called back into the doctor's office and told that I have a tumor on my kidney. And I'm like, well, how did this turn into a tumor on my kidney? And they said they did a full ultrasound of my entire torso. And that's what they came up with. And it's a very rare type of tumor that they need to remove my kidney. And so I went to a surgical oncologist because they told me it was probably cancerous and they needed to remove it immediately. Uh, I didn't really feel comfortable with them removing a kidney without me knowing if that was really necessary or what it actually was all about. And so I went for another opinion who said the same thing, uh, but they could take the tumor out, but there's a very high risk because it's in a weird location that I might lose the entire kidney. So they might as well take the whole thing out. But then I went for a third opinion and uh, that doctor said he would do a biopsy first and then we'd take it from there and I felt most comfortable with that and so that's what I did and they did the biopsy I had to wait a few months for results which was very agonizing and uh, Shush was pregnant with our second kid at the time so you can imagine all this going on at that time when you have a second kid coming and uh, not knowing what's going on with you and so I finally got the call and they said they had good news and bad news. The good news was that the tumor was not cancerous. The bad news was that it's a very rare type of tumor called a hemangioblastoma, which is very much related to a genetic disorder called VHL. And it's von Hippel-Landau disease. And most people that have that disease don't survive past the age of 40. And I was 35, 36 at the time and about to have a second child. And now I'm being told that I only have a few years left to live and be with my family. I did not know what to do. I did not feel good about that at all. And I kind of broke down a little bit. And... I started to kind of think, what can I do? Is this real? First of all, is VHL really something that could be happening inside my body? I don't have any genetic history of it, but is it possible? And what can I do to overcome it if it is? And so I called a friend of mine who's a neurologist and he said, yeah, it's a pretty bad thing. And uh, the easiest way to figure out if you have it is to do a retinal exam get a picture of your eye because the eye is a window into the body and can give you a lot of information about your health. And so I went to do that and I got the picture of my eye, the retinal exam done. And it was very interesting. You could see the arteries in the eye and the blood flow and it was very cool. But the ophthalmologist said to me, the good news is you look like you don't have VHL. I don't see any signs because what VHL does is it deposits tumors along your central nervous system and then takes over your entire body. And so there was no signs of that in the retinal exam. But what she did say was that there was not good blood flow going through the retina and the arteries were starting to narrow. And that is the beginning signs of heart disease. And so you have the beginning stages of heart disease, which was mind blowing because I didn't understand how could that be happening? And so 
I went home and I started researching and I started looking at, first of all, was, how is this possible that it's happening to me was going through my head. But at the same time, I was trying to figure out what I could do to put myself in the best position to be on this planet for the long term to raise my family and be with them. And I started to come across some interesting research about a plant-based diet, which I had never heard of before. And the impact of eating a certain way, how that impacts your body and how it could heal you from so many different things. And I came across Dr. Esselstyn's book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. I saw Forks Over Knives. It just came out on Netflix at that time. And I was very interested and it really made a lot of sense to me. And then I read a book by Brendan Brazier, who's a Canadian Ironman champion. And he did all of his training on a plant-based diet. And I was like, well, I love being active. That's super cool. Maybe I could fuel myself that way, not only heal myself, but also perform better in my athletics. So then I decided, okay, I'm going to try this and I'm going to try this tomorrow. So I looked at her and I said, Shash, tomorrow morning, I'm going plant-based. And I said, what's plant-based? <laughs> and he said, I eat no more animal products, just plants. And I said, you're crazy. I said, I don't know how to deal with that. We just, you know, our son was, was allergic to gluten. So we had just gone gluten-free. I was a new mom learning how to cook. Um, and I said, you will eat chicken on Fridays and fish once a week. And he said, no. And I said, yes. <laughs> and, and, and it was strange because, well, people that know me, it's not so strange because I'm a very black and white person. I make a decision. I'm all in. No questions asked. I just do my thing. But I was a huge meat eater. Like I'm talking big time, like steaks all the time, burgers all the time. I would go to fast food restaurants once in a while with a friend and we would compete and see who could eat more 99 cent burgers. Cause back then it was a lot cheaper than it is now. So we would do things like that, not often, but once in a while. And my diet was very standard American. It was like, but the healthiest version of it, if that even exists. We did, we cooked a lot at home. We were both good weight. We both were, personal trainers, we exercise, nobody would guess that we were sick on the, from the outside looking in. And he would, he would ask, he would say all the time, what's with these vegetarian meals? We need to have more meat. Always. Yeah. That was my thing. But it was, I read those books. I did the research. I, I decided that was it. I'm giving this a try because I have nothing to lose. I'm not someone who likes to take medication. So I didn't want to go down that route. So I decided to do it this way. And I had to go for tumor checkups every three months. I was not on any medication, but I was eating a whole food plant-based diet. And I changed my fitness from late night team sports. I played hockey with in an adult league and men's league. And I moved away from that because it kept me up really late at night and I wasn't getting good sleeps. And I wanted to get into triathlon, more individual, and I needed to get up early in the morning so that I could be with the kids and, and shush. And I just, I changed that part of my life as well. And I started to feel really good. Like, 
I mean, I would go out and run and I would come back and I would feel still energized and I just felt good about it. And before that was not the case. I mean, yeah, no, he was tired all the time. He was complaining about it. He was needing like Epsom salt baths after a hockey game. If he got checked too much, um, you know, complaining about his hip or, or this and that there was, there, there was a lot more keeping him back from doing the things and being the person he wanted to be. And so a year after eating this way and living this way, I went back for a tumor check and no, sorry, I went back for the retinal exam first and she looked at the picture and she said, whoa, what medication are you on? Because your blood is flowing through your retina again. Your arteries are opening up again. The darkness of the red is so much more vibrant. What are you doing? And all I did was change the way I ate and my fitness a little bit. And not only that, over the course of that year, he was, he had just gotten glasses like a year or two before that he only really needed for driving, maybe television. So we'd get in the car and he'd forget because he wasn't a glasses wearer and he'd be shush past me my glasses, shush past me my glasses. But that became less and less frequent to the point where the glasses sat in a drawer for eight years yeah. and, and hadn't been touched. And then, so after the year I did the retinal exam and then I went back for a tumor check about a year and a bit after and they said what's happening here um are you on some kind of medication or doing some kind of treatment that we're not aware of did you go to the states they wanted to know yeah they yeah. wanted to know if i went across the border to do something special and uh i said why what's what's going on they said well the tumor's not growing okay and it's also not staying the same it's actually starting to get smaller which we never see and I said, okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. And yeah, at this point, well, after at about eight months into this whole process, she started to see the differences and the changes that I was going through. And she started to lean into what I was doing. Cause I, right from the start, it wasn't like I'm going whole food plant-based. You have to also. It wasn't like that in our house. Our fridge was divided. It was me. It was them. I was doing my thing. They were doing their thing. And that's the way it was for a while. And that, was, and that was mostly due to? Well, I mean, I was young and I hadn't been a cook in, in, uh, in my former years before having kids, you know, I was the sous chef, I was the salad maker and the sandwich maker, he was really the chef, but then he was working more than I was. So I just learned how to cook, just learned how to cook gluten free. Um, I had postpartum depression after having both kids. So, and, and, you know, going back to work and balancing life, I just couldn't get my head around it. He had, we had watched Forks Over Knives. I started to read a couple of books but I was in that headspace that a lot of people get into when it comes to becoming plant-based for your health, that nothing was really wrong with me. Maybe my mental health, but nothing physically seemed to be wrong with me. Therefore, I didn't need it like he did. I didn't realize that everything happening within him could have very easily been happening in me or could have happened the next year or the next year. I wasn't in that mindset yet. I thought I was thinking, I had to put my kids ahead of myself and I just didn't take the time to really dig deep into it. 
Right. Such a, a cool part of this whole story, though, is that when I got into triathlon, I didn't just get into triathlon. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, right? I read Brendan's books. I was inspired by Brendan. It was cool. It, it seemed like the right thing. I was already running a little bit. I could run a little bit more. How hard is it to bike? I know how to bike. Well, you did that bike for cancer. I, I did. I signed up for a ride to conquer cancer. Uh, and so I figured, like, I'm already running and biking. Why not just add in the swimming? The only problem is swimming is the one sport that I never learned how to do as a kid. I knew how to scuba dive, like float in the water, yeah. but I never really knew how to swim. And so that's a whole other story that we can get into if you want to. But I, I literally got in the pool and did not, was, was not able to complete one lap. And I had to work my way up over time to be able to get to the Ironman distance, which I've done a couple now, which is crazy. And I, that's a whole other, whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, I wanna. Um, I, I feel like I feel like that could be um, that could be probably a whole a whole episode just in and of sure. itself. Just us talking about training, no doubt. That's a that's for a sure. hour episode right there. But um, but just to kind of stick to, you know, sort of seeing this this whole story out. I think, yeah. I mean, just I mean, first of all, it's it's just it's so amazing, right? Like, I, I think if if we could go back, just one thing I want to touch on is I I had a, a similar experience with glasses. Uh, I, from age, what was it? Probably age four or five had a very strong prescription, very strong prescription. And right up until, uh, about a year, year and a half, maybe two years into eating plant-based. And I just came home one night and it was late at night and I, I was wearing contacts. I took my contacts out and I, I picked up the toothpaste. I was like, I can see really well. Like, why do I, why am I seeing so with my contacts? I picked up this toothpaste with like, you know, super small font like normally would not be able to read it i'm like why am i reading this like perfectly clearly and then like the, the day after that i just didn't wear contacts and i just like i i don't know if you ever checked out the bates method like there's all these things you can do to just help your eyes relax and like naturally because i mean i still get fatigued mostly now it's just you know being on a screen for hours and hours and hours a day and i get eye, eye fatigue at the end of the day but like my eyes have improved significantly as well. And I, and I think that uh, I have heard some people have similar, you know, stories. And, and I mean, it makes sense. And, and, and on the topic of, you know, the eyes and how you went to, you were monitoring your eyes and the blood flow that was occurring in, in there. And so basically, if you could, I'd like to go, I'd like to know a little bit more about the doctor's reaction to that. And so they were basically monitoring and they said, we think you went to the States and, or we think you would have did something, whatever, some magic potion. Right. And you're just saying, I'm eating plants. Tell me a little bit more about how did that all go down? Exactly. What was their reaction? Well, each there, there wasn't much like each doctor literally was like, you're not telling me the truth. What are you actually doing? And it's not possible. And my response is I'm eating plants. I took all animal products out of my lifestyle and that's the power of food and they don't they just they're like oh that doesn't like, do anything no it can't be and they just would move on like it wasn't even like oh can you tell me more let me understand so i could help other people do the same kind of thing it was just like yeah whatever not possible not the truth Wow. And we're talking about seven, eight years ago by the time yeah. you had that appointment, right? Like, times have changed a lot since then. <laughs> Doctors are becoming much more open to this kind of thing from what I understand. I'm not one who likes to go to doctors that much, especially after this situation. 
but there's always a need for them for certain things. And, and there are a lot more of them these days that are much more open to nutrition as a solution uh, and understanding that, that nutrition could be a potential problem. Right. So do you think that times have changed to the extent now that maybe if there were, if there's a family listening to this now or somebody who's, you know, in a similar situation to you were, you know, years ago, um, are we, is it easier for people now? Is there more access to information? Is it more in the mainstream knowledge that like, rather than having to just have dad have his food, it might be a, like pe people might be more open to just saying, you know what, they see a documentary and they, they, the whole family goes vegan or the whole family goes plant-based. Um, Cause I mean, I completely understand what like those dynamics that we get, like I've experienced it in my own family, right? I was the first one to kind of go vegan in my family and like, you know, I would be, eating different stuff and you know, different meals and all whatever but like slowly my family now um you know my mom my dad my brother um my brother's fiance like everybody is you know plant plant-based eating, eating it's just the standard now um so i don't know i mean has that progressed to the point now where like our is your whole family vegan all the time or are you is there still do you, do you allow kids to have animal products or how do you how do you find that balance now so i would say that it's way easier these days to do this because it's widely accepted. There's a lot more products on the market that are helping to promote the direction of eating less animals and more plant-based foods. Not that those foods are necessarily healthy, but there are alternatives available for people. So in that respect, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, as far as our own family. Well, first of all, I should say that the reason we started our podcast and doing all this stuff was because we didn't want other families, other people to find themselves in similar positions that we were in. And if there's information that we could share that will help people get out of that or, or never get into it in the first or place. prevent it, then that's what we're doing. Awesome. Our family she came on to be plant-based about eight months, six, six yeah, to so, eight months in. So Adam went around October. He went, like he said, overnight. And then, you know, I started to, I, I did it more the, I cut back on red meat and then I cut back on the, the poultry and then I cut back on the fish. And then I still had an egg and a piece of cheese a couple of times a week. And then, you know, I kind of progressed from there. And then by May, so now it's my plantiversary. Um, by May, I was completely 100%, but the kids still weren't. The kids were extremely vegetarian. If they were with our parents, I wouldn't be so worried about what they were eating. But in the house, we had become more or less 100% plant-based with the exception of some shredded cheese that I had to keep in the freezer so it wouldn't go bad. That's how infrequently they ate it and some eggs here and there. And if there were eggs in in baked products while we were out, I didn't, I, I was more into the convenience and I was like, it's not a big deal. They won't know it's there. Um, but then, you know, then they kind of said to me, we don't want eggs for dinner anymore. Um, you know, they kind of, they, they hear our podcasts, they hear our conversations with people. We go to veg fests and all kinds of things. And they were kind of like, it tastes yucky and isn't it an egg? So they kind of caught on. And then, um, then I said, well, if they're not going to eat eggs, then I'm going to take away cheese and I'm going to tell them that they have to eat beans. And they were like, sure, sure. We'll eat beans. Okay. It didn't work 
quite that way. <laughs> you know, there, it was a process in getting right. them to eat it for sure, but they were willing to say anything to give up the eggs. So, but now we're all a hundred percent plant-based. I think if you ask Adam and I, we'll say we're plant-based over vegan. The kids will probably say they're vegan over plant-based. They have a huge connection with animals. If they think that they're injuring or hurting an animal, they will cry. Um, you know, they're nine and 11. They're I don't know when this is coming out. If it's like two weeks, then they're going to be like 10, 10, 10 and 12. Um, their birthday is coming up? Their birthday is coming Yeah, they're June babies. Oh, awesome. They're June babies. Yeah. Let's, so let's you, give them a happy, happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday thanks. So it's two, it's you, your kids, you got two boys, two, a boy and a girl. What? We have a boy and a girl. A boy and a girl. A, a oh, boy well. and a girl. And they will ask the ingredients of foods if they're at friend's house. Um, they'll abstain if they're not 100% mm. sure. They're, wow. Here, here's the yeah. thing that I think little was legends. important. Yeah. yeah, here's the thing that was important in the whole process is that number one, I didn't force what I was doing on anybody in the house, and I let them kind of see what was happening to me before they were interested. Number two, for the kids especially, it's all about leading by example, and we didn't hide this stuff from them. They know my story even at the young age. They knew what happened to me. They came to listen to me speak on stage at the Toronto Veg Fest. They came to different conferences where I shared my story. This was not something that I wanted to hide from them. I wanted them to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm eating the way I am, and the impact that it has on my body. And so from there, it led into them increasing their curiosity and wanting to know more. And then when they made the connection of the food that they eat and the animals that are alive that people are actually eating they really turned over another page in the book and started to not want the eggs and they understood that cheese came from milk from a cow and they don't do that anymore and they're both at different points right now so you know our daughter was part of a program and she wanted to she wanted to go to a slaughterhouse and write them a letter or talk to them and tell them instead of hurting the animals, let's turn it into a sanctuary and you could plant plants instead and make money that way. And, yes. you know, yeah. So, you know, like that's her, you know, or, or she wanted to bring a pig to school to teach kids that the bacon that they're eating is actually this like cute little pig that you could train better than a dog. And then our son will say things like, I feel really bad watching my kid, watching my friends eat meat at school because I know that they can end up sick and I really don't want them to eat it. So, you know, they, they both kind of have their own little personalities within it that grows and changes as they grow and change too. That's amazing. Please tell your, uh, your daughter that if she ever needs any help in like getting those campaigns going, cause like I, I, that's like, I'm all about that. I'm like, come on. Like, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have any hate for farmers or anything like that, but I just see the potential of like, can't we, can't we transform our food system? Like for so many reasons, like, on, on, like the ethical reasons, like literally so many reasons, like let's transform our food system. And she I'm said, looking. and she said, and we'll tell them that mommy, you can bake muffins for them to, to sweeten the deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, how old, how old are your, are your kids at this point? She's nine. She's nine. It was this year. She was nine years old. Amazing. And, and this was, this was her system of, of thinking. I turned white. I'm like, 
whoa, my nine-year-old is not showing up on the steps of a slaughterhouse. I'm like, she'll get shot. But um, yeah, but you know, we had to kind of find a happy medium. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it so sounds like she's, uh, she's quite a, well, both of them, they sound like they're I'm that's that's so inspiring to me and I mean just to go back and re re um, you know recap what what you sort of said there uh, so, so something that you said Adam about being with with family in the house doing your thing letting them ask you I, I would I would really echo that like when I first went vegan I was probably a bit extra vocal with everyone like everyone who was really close with me and that created like some tension and whatever and the more I re the more I was able to sort of back away and just be like, Hey, I'm going to like, I went and did my activism. Like I went out onto the streets and I did outreach with strangers. But when I was at home, I really toned it down and just like did my thing and focused on just like, just appreciating the relationships. Like why does, why does my relationship with, with my most immediate family members have to be an argument all the time? Like, let's just like, I'll allow them to, to process at their own rate. And as soon as I was able to kind of, yeah, let go with like the people that I'm closest with and just let them observe. That's when I really started to see the changes because they were just noticing on their own accord and making up their own minds. So I would definitely echo that. I think that's kind of what, I mean, is that, cause this is a, this is a huge question by the way. Like it's, I think it's okay to camp out here for a little bit and give people a bit of advice um, because there's a lot of people out there, especially on TikTok. There are a lot of young people who want to go vegan. And the reason that they're not going vegan is because of, uh, their family or the expectations of the people closest to them. And they're, they're, they don't know, they don't know, they can't see themselves dealing with that. How am I supposed to do that? So what are both of you, what are, do you have any thoughts, you know, advice for people who are in family situations where trying to. Yeah. So on both sides, I think that if you are trying to get your family to come along with you, you're, I, I don't want to be told what to do ever. And that's just going to push me away. That's my personality. That's my, the way my stars fell out, whatever you want to look at it. Right. Um, you know, if somebody tells me what I have to do, no, I need to find out for myself. And part of what Adam did that I recommend for everybody else is that he didn't put it on me to now have to go and cook a completely separate meal for him. Mm -hmm. So he made a meal or we made it together or we thought about what's the side dish for us. Cause we still, we, we ate a ton of vegetables right? So we, we had our steak, but we had like grilled vegetables too. And, you know, whole grains, like we were healthy in, in what we knew. So, you know, he, but he made a lot of things himself that became our side dishes, or we would make it together or by accident, the stars aligned. And we ended up doing some recipe testing for a raw vegan chef here um, in our area. So that kind of got us into creating those meals. I wasn't against the foods that he was eating. I just didn't understand that it needed to be my main meal too. So do not putting that expectation on other people to provide for you and showing them that you're, you know, cause TikTok, you've got a wide variety of ages, right? You've got your 10 year olds and you've got your 40 year olds, but mm -hmm. you know, if you're a 10 year old and you're taking that initiative to get in the kitchen and start to do things for yourself and not putting that pressure on your parents, that speaks volumes that speaks volumes and you know if you're on the other side of it and if you can help to foster what they want and not get into a not get into a fight as the parents or as the spouse or the sibling and keep the relationship open then good things happen and you need to kind of think of it like 
even in business, right? Nobody sees a watch for the, um, okay, most people don't see a watch for the first time and say, I want that watch. You're going to research, you're going to have touch points, you know, before you hire a coach, you're going to have touch points. You want to know them, you want to respect them, you want to like them. So nobody's going to go vegan on the first try. Most people don't go vegan on the first try. He went overnight, but he, but he read a lot, right? Like he still, he watched Forks Over Knives. He, he read a lot. He had a lot of touch points until he made that decision. And we all need to recognize that just because we made a decision in a moment, that wasn't necessarily our first exposure. You need mm -hmm. lots of exposures. I think the, the biggest challenge that a young person has, and there's tons of people on this planet that are very young, that are interested in being vegan or plant-based because that's an up and coming thing, or they're understanding the health benefits of it and how it's impacting the animals and the planet. But their struggle is that their family doesn't understand it, their parents don't understand it, and that is simply because their parents haven't been educated about the truth when it comes to nutrition and the impact it has. All they know is the information that the governments have been pushing out year after year for the last 50 years, which was to promote milk products, dairy products, animal products, meat products, and so that's the education that the adults have been put through. So it's a, a mind shift that has to happen. And there's a lot of educating that needs to happen for parents to be able to come on board. And that is very challenging. It is not easy for, uh, I teach in a high school and it's not easy for the parents to understand that the food that they're giving their kids is not helping them perform at their peak level. It's not helping them be the best version of themselves. And so getting people to understand the impact that food has, not only on their body, but on everything around them, every being on the planet, every env the environment, everything, it's so powerful. The food you eat could hurt you, but could also make you better. And until everybody starts to understand that, and there's so many great resources available now, and that's also why we've put, been putting out our show and put out our content, is try to help people understand these points. Because when they start to understand them, then the shift starts to happen and everything becomes so much easier for the younger population. I, and, and this is no different than anything else in life. We saw it with the light bulb. We saw it with the telephone. We saw it with cars. We saw it with, with, any, with rock and roll. We saw it with all kinds of technology. This is really no different. It's just going to take a little bit longer because people find the food that they eat so personal mm. and that you're you know, they either think you're saying you're better than them, or you can make better choices than them, or you're taking away their heritage or their traditions. And so there's a lot more emotion maybe that goes into it than some of those other things that I mentioned. Well, maybe not music, but some other things that I mentioned, but we'll get, we'll get there. And some communities are doing really well with it, right? Like big cities are doing much better with it than, you know, country towns that are hunting communities that barely eat vegetables, maybe some of them, or all fast food window diets. Different yeah. parts of the country, different parts of North America, different parts of the world are, are doing better with it, but we'll get there. We just need more platforms like yours and all these other amazing listeners who are doing whatever they're doing to make a difference, whether it's with one person or tens of thousands of people. Yeah, and, and I, always, I always like, 
look, I, I always try to think about what's most effective. What's, what can we do that will, that will move the rock the fastest towards people eating healthier and, you know, us treating animals better. And like, I'm pretty convinced that we just need everybody doing whatever they want to do. Because if, if you're, if someone out there is passionate, let's say that someone out there is passionate to be, uh, you know, anything from like a hardcore out on the streets, you know, protester, or like just really wants to start a restaurant, really want like whatever, whatever an individual feels will be effective and that they can do that will be effective. I think that it's, it's hard for us to judge other people about what they do when we don't know them. We don't know their skill set. We don't know what gets them out of bed every morning. So we need people doing different things. Right. And uh, for us, I think we, we like podcasting probably. I mean, we like talking to people, we like communicating, right? I love doing this. Like I would do this all day. Just talk to people about, you know, veganism and create content that can help, help people to understand why plant-based eating, why animal rights is important, all this kind of stuff. That's like, that's what I'm about. Um, and I think that, yeah, you're right. It's, it's received differently in different cultures, you know, different parts of the world will, will react differently, different towns even like, yeah, I think that I get, I got a ton of, of people who are, who are hunters on, you know, look, especially on TikTok. I think TikTok is fairly geographical. I don't know the ins and outs of, the, I don't think anybody really knows the ins and outs of the algorithm of what gets you on the for you page on TikTok, but there's something about geography there. And I think that uh, there's been a big difference. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're starting out in a small town, you know, people, people get a lot of resistance to, to this, as you say, lots of people, they, they lot of, lots of people eat like zero plants. Like people get out of bed every morning. They'll, they'll have, you know, bacon and eggs for breakfast. They'll have, I don't know, chicken wings for lunch and, you know, skip the, the, skip the French fries and skip the banana smoothie because it's too much sugar. And like, there's, there's just the information that's out there about, about food is, is, uh, is pretty crazy. It's, it's like the stuff that people are, are doing um, to sort of, to sort of, you know, tag on to the, the point that both of you guys were making there, um, which is that I think uh, we need to just accept, we need to come to terms, we need to get comfortable with the fact that people need various touching points along the way. Nobody is going to, even if, like, I've had outreach conversations, like where I go out on the streets, we're showing footage of what happens in animal agriculture, I'll talk to somebody, they will be totally broken down in tears, convinced that they never, ever, ever want to pay for animal exploitation again. And I know that many of those people end up at a steakhouse a couple of days later because they just, they don't have those other touching points yet. That's not to say they won't be a vegan eventually. I think a lot of those people will, but they need to learn things like this is actually good for our health and we don't actually need protein, you know, dead animals on our plates for protein. Right. And we can, you know, figure out a way to do this and be healthy. Um, so what I guess let's, let's give like, maybe we can, let's, let's try to give people like a few, a few things that they can do, um, you know, to sort of help people along the way. Like, let's say that you're in a family situation and like, I think we would agree that it's probably best if they, we wait for them to approach us. So let's just say that there's somebody who has a family member approach them about this, that, or the other thing and says, you know, well, so how do you get your protein if you're a vegan, right? Is it a question like that? Like what, how do you feel, feel those kinds of, of questions? Where, where can we point people if they, if they need to learn about these things? Like maybe if you could, I mean, for me, I break it down into three, uh, three sort of main categories that, that people get into plant-based eating, right? There's, there's health, there's the environment, and then there's ethics. And we can debate about which one brings more people in or whatever. But I think that it's fairly safe to say that those are kind of the three big categories. So, um, I mean, would you guys agree with that or would you say that there are there are other ones or are those kind of the main ones i think those are the main i think those the are the main three. ones but i get a lot of people come to me and say 
I was vegetarian for a long time and then I went back to eating meat and now I feel awful. So help me. And I said, well, what made you go vegetarian in the first place? And I'm actually getting a lot of people telling me that they either didn't like it slash their intuition was just telling them not to. It wasn't that it was, they, they're not telling me, oh, it's a dead animal. I shouldn't have that. It's not an, an ethics or moral ground, but it's an intuition mm. or a a physical feeling that they've been getting. And a lot of people get that, but then they say, oh, my hair was falling out or, oh, I was lethargic all the time. And then you just know that they weren't eating enough calories or they weren't eating a large enough variety of plant foods that they weren't doing it healthfully. Um, but that is a kind of like an unspoken category that I see coming up a lot more in the coaching that I'm doing. I kind of feel like the older populations are coming at it from more of a health perspective. And had I been doing this since I was younger, wow, I don't even know what would have happened. You know, like imagine, you know, being eating this way and feeling this way and performing this way for I, most of my life. And I think if we would have done this a lot earlier, you know, we spent a couple of years before we had kids, you know, living and teaching in Hong Kong, we probably would have been still traveling the world, but doing like animal advocacy probably. kind of, kind of things that, you know. And I think the younger population is coming at it from an animal rights perspective and an ethical perspective. And so we need to kind of blend the two because I find a lot of the people that are coming at it from an animal rights perspective are not really paying attention to the food that they're consuming because they're eating, they're not eating animal products, but so they're eating highly processed. processed products, which is not necessarily going to make them the healthiest version of themselves, which is not going to allow them to really be active. Right? And that may or may not work for you in your twenties, but in your thirties and God, as you reach your forties, it is not going to work for you at all. You're going to, you're, you know, even, it, you know, an unhealthy processed food diet, vegan or not, by the time you're 40, any, any genetic disease that you're predispositioned to, to have, the chances of it presenting itself is so much higher. So, you know, and, and, and that's something we don't really realize in our 20s. In our 20s, we're like, I we're, could invincible. Eat a, we're invincible. We could eat at McDonald's as much as we want. We could, you know, stumble home at six in the morning as much as we want, but that catches up with you later on. Um, yeah. So it, it's important to start to combine the two for sure. I think, I think that's really interesting. That, and I would agree that there's this sort of this other category. I mean, maybe those three that I mentioned are kind of the intellectual categories. The and the biggest ones. Yeah. And then, and then yours is, is like, well, the one that you mentioned, I mean, it's just sort of something intuitive happens, right? Something intuitive happens where people don't They're just like, something's off. I didn't feel like it was serving me. Um, yeah, and I think that I think that's definitely that that happens as well. Um, and and great point about I mean, luckily I, I went vegan when I like pretty much right when I turned twenty, and uh, and you know it's it was a bit of I mean ten I just turned thirty so ten years ago it was a different world in terms of the information that was out there and I had to kind of find my own way. Now I think like I um, I mean the reason the reason I mentioned those three is because I'd, I'd like to ask you guys, which, which resources, right? Like, let's say if there is somebody who's coming into it from a different angle, like which resources do you feel are, are the, the, the best place, you know, to, to, to send people? Like for me, I always like to say, if there's a, if there's a family member who, or some, anybody who's interested in, in the health aspect of it, right? Like I always tend to recommend 
um, nutritionfacts.org, Dr. Gregor. I think that's a fantastic resource. Um, also, the Game Changers documentary is really, really great. It's very entertaining content. Um, and the science that's in that movie is very well pre presented and is backed up by James Lightning Wilkes on the Joe Rogan podcast. And like, that's a good, if people want to go down that road, they can educate themselves that way a lot. Um, what are, what are some of the, the key go-to things that you would, would, would kind of, you know, point people to in terms of if, if people want to learn more about health and, and, uh, the environment and about, uh, ethics, what are your personal favorite you know, places to, to send people. Cause I think that in that situation, if a family member is interested, the best thing to do is to send them away. Because if you start talking, then you're going to just, you'll probably mess it up. So if people want to send, you know, people that are interested to somewhere, what are, what are your favorite places to kind of send people or resources people can check out? There are tons. There are literally tons. Like if they're readers, there's great books available like Dr. Greger's How Not to Die, the Encyclopedia of Life is what I call it because it's got all the information in there that could totally help you overcome everything and it's very easily digested. Uh, if you're someone who's asking that protein question that you offered before, uh, Proteinaholic by Dr. Garth Davis is another great resource. I mean, I can go on and on for the parents that are out there. Dr. Dean Ornish's book, Undo It, is a great resource because that will cater to that level or that population. So there's so many great resources when it comes to books, and I'm sure we could add so many more to that very short list. Yeah, there, there, I mean, there, there are a ton of books, and I kind of try to get people to go ahead and start the search on their own, get it into the browser. Once they get it into the browser, you know, uh, Facebook and, and Google is going to start filtering other things to them, you know, um, uh, as well, you know. But, but yes, you always need that third party validation. You can't just speak, speak, speak. You can't be the doctor yeah. and the athlete and, mm -hmm. and everything. I mean, we, we're also with our, with, with the plant trainers podcast, I often say, here's a link to this person speaking. I highly suggest that you look at their books and I just, you know, give it to them and, you know, let them, let them hear Dr. Gregor's voice and how funny he is, but serious at the same time. And in the links, there's nutritionfacts.org, right? All of these different kinds of things. So we're kind of blessed to be able to have a nice Rolodex to, to send people to. And then the documentaries are, are also popping. New ones are popping up all the time. I mean, Forks Over oh, Knives yeah. is a classic. And yeah. that, that's the one that's really stands out to they me. They have a great website as well. Yeah. And, and game, the Game Changers is fantastic, especially if you're younger and you're into athletics. I really think that that one's something that provides a lot of great information and uh, gets people going in that direction. And then I always tell people, um, I'm not telling you to watch Earthlings. I don't wanna be responsible for your emotional breakdown once you watch it. Um, but it's just something to know that it's out there. And that way they're completely gonna watch it themselves. And whether they're coming at it from a health point of view or from any other point of view, it's kind of like, the icing on the cake it kind of like seals the deal because if you're thinking about it you know selfishly you need to think about it for your health first because then you're you're available to do so much else but if you know how it's affecting other human beings not just the animals but other human beings i didn't get that part 
before, how farmers are getting sick, how people who are making the leather are losing their legs. These are the things that I didn't understand. And once I saw that, I was, it, it got that moral aspect in as well. So it kind of sealed it for me. And if you don't want to go that hardcore, you can go to Cowspiracy, which is another great documentary that talks about the environment and the impact Baby on animals. Steps. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many endless, amazing resources for any aspect of this lifestyle that you're looking for. You could find it. If you're looking for performance, there's tons of athletes that you could be following at the professional level. Now there's more professional athletes now than there ever have been. And oh, yeah. that's because the plant-based lifestyle is anti-inflammatory and it allows you to perform at peak performance levels. And recover faster. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, guys, I guess like, I guess we should think about so wrapping much. it up, but like, I'm having so much fun talking <laughs> to you guys. We can just keep going. The, um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, we could literally do, we could go on for hours talking about just all the different resources that are out there. I just thought it'd be nice to kind of get, you know, throw a few out there for people who are listening to give, give a few recommendations. Um, and it sounds like you guys, apparently you've got like hundreds and hundreds of ep episodes of your podcast. So if you want to, uh, you know, dig more into all your stuff there. I'm sure you've, you've interviewed all kinds of interesting people. And uh, is, is it mostly, you know, interviews or is it a lot of you two talking with each other? What can people expect if they check out your podcast? You know, early on it was us and she didn't want to do the podcast. I had to like uh, wait until she was ready uh -huh. because I, We're it was a year behind because of me. Yeah, it was important <laughs> oh, for me no. to, to help as many people as possible avoid the situation that we were in. And right. But I experienced some severe, and this is a whole other podcast, some severe mental health issues coming out of that, um, of depression, anxiety, PTSD, from thinking I was going to lose him, raise the children myself, and all of those oh, yeah. things. So I was not in a mental state, and I think this is an important point, I was not in the mental state to be there to help other people, because I wasn't yet helped myself. Mm -hmm. And I needed to get to a certain point before I was able to open the door and talk to other people and spend time. I mean, you know, it's, it's time, it's dedication. It, there's a lot that goes into it, but at the beginning, yes, it was mostly us sharing our experience, sharing research that, that we found that we liked talking about our family. And as we got invited to speak on different stages across North America and started meeting a lot of the most amazing doctors, nurses, researchers, uh, we started opening up the door and allowing them to come on and educate so we have a mixture of the best doctors in plant-based nutrition amazing athletes great transformation stories people who really have something to offer in terms of content to help improve people's quality of life i mean it's pretty amazing that technology has allowed us to bring this whole world together and the people that i was reading about and researching about and watching in these documentaries are now on the phone with us doing an interview in a podcast. It's like crazy, like Dr. Esselstyn and all these guys, Gregor, and we've had them on our show. It's like mind blowing. We talk on stages with some of these guys. It's crazy how this has happened. And it's just, this platform has allowed us to share so much information to helping people prove their improve their quality of life. And that's really why we're doing it and, and why we're gonna continue to share as much information as we can and hope that people will find a way to incorporate this lifestyle into their own. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So where, where can people, uh, best place for people to go if they want to check out the podcast. And I know you guys, you also offer 
as you mentioned, you know, coaching for people. So where's the best place for, for people to go? So they can download the Plant Trainers podcast on any forum that, that they like, any app, what have you. And a hub for everything is planttrainers.com, where we have our podcasts, where we have blogs, where we have online courses, great courses for parents with picky eaters, all different kinds of things that we have gone through ourselves and helped our clients with over the years. Awesome. Uh, that's great. Now, I also want to give a shout out because it is, uh, it's Adam's, Adam's uh, sixth birthday was, was recently, right? Is it, was that what it, it was? was. So, yes. so what do you mean by that? You're six, you're only six years old. So. Yes. Uh, well, because I was told I wouldn't be alive past the age of 40. And so I completed my first Ironman triathlon when I just turned 40. And that oh, awesome. was a very cool experience. And so every year after I now just count from, from zero. It's like a whole new life has started over again. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be here and to be able to share the message and be with my family and just be able to continue helping people get better at what they do. We posted that on Instagram and Facebook and people are, are commenting, what? How is he only six? Is that yeah. a typo? And I'm like, no, not a typo. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, just to close it out here, I, I want to say that that's, that's something that I could, I could sense, you know, from you guys when I, when I first saw, you know, on TikTok, you know, some of the videos and you guys doing your live and all that. Um, I just, I want to say thank you guys so much for like giving to the community. And I, I, I think that, I don't know, is that like, do, do you think that this past six years or since this has all happened? I mean, is, was that a huge shift for you? Have you always been, you know, a grateful guy? Cause I mean, it, it really does seem like you're very, you know, you're just so, wi so willing to, you know, you're open book and you got nothing to hide. You're just sharing, helping people. And I really, I really like your attitude. So, um, well, you're shaking your head. You weren't ungrateful, I wasn't but I would have never described you as a grateful person. I'm a very introverted person and I never shared how I felt or what I thought with anybody. I would never tell someone that I love them. It was not. It was not something that I ever did, mm. and I think this whole experience just opened me up and made me realize the importance of being able to say "I love you" before it's too late, to be able to be grateful for all that I have, and because it could have all been gone. And so, why bother keeping it in when I could share it out? And so, I've really worked very hard it's not easy to do a lot of those videos that i do and put myself out there as much as i do but it's been a work in progress and it continues to be i think i do a lot better than i than i ever thought i would and i'm just trying to share and and be the best person i can be to help others do the same yeah yeah keep it up in both of you and you know shoshana as well like make sure that because i mean i think there there is there's so much value in your your perspective on how this all went down and, and how you reacted and how you sort of navigated that whole you know all the the whole situation i i, I can only like I, I can't i literally cannot imagine being in the situation that that either of you were were in you know in terms of just how how heavy it all was and it, it just oh man it just it's it it just brings me so much happiness and hope to like hear your story and see what you guys are doing and like the positive effects that you're having, you know, through your content, the way that you're helping people, the way that your children have reacted to the whole thing and the way that they're just completely getting, you know, fired up in their own way. The whole thing is just epic. So keep doing the great work that you guys do. 
everybody listening, make sure you check them out and uh, please do come back and let's, uh, let's, let's have some more conversations. I know you guys have a lot more, a lot more, um, a lot more we could talk about. So please do come back. Okay, so right about here, the internet actually went out and we lost our Zoom connection, but uh, we had pretty much wrapped up anyway. So that was a great conversation. I really, really enjoyed uh, talking with Adam and Shoshana. Um, just super, super inspiring stuff. So I hope you guys found that uh, valuable. And I hope that you are inspired to eat those whole plant foods. And if you're still eating animal products and um, you know refined garbage all day to maybe clean that diet up a little bit. It's important stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you found it helpful, please share with a friend, share on social media, give us a follow on your favorite platforms and uh, look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode coming at you soon on the Vegan Champion Podcast. Be well, you guys.